Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome to the Elite Achievement Community. I'm Kristen Burke, your host and coach here to demystify the goal achievement process. If you are ambitious and visionary, then let's get to work so you can maximize your potential. Hey, Goal Achievers. Welcome back to Elite Achievement. Kristen here, and I am celebrating one year in business this December. To commemorate this milestone, I am reflecting back on the last year and sharing my biggest lessons learned. In preparation for this episode, I reviewed three journals worth of notes and reflections to arrive at my top 10 lessons learned. I love the month of December because there is so much excitement and anticipation for a new year. I like to say, new year, new goals. It's my hope that the lessons I share with you will help you grow your businesses quicker, reach your goals with more confidence, and have a breakout 2021. So here we go, my first year in business, top 10. Number 10, establish a bounce back plan. December 20th was my last day working my corporate job. I remember that day very vividly. I had a lot of emotions as I was closing the chapter on an over decade career and beginning to walk into the unknown, a world of entrepreneurship on my own. I felt incredibly excited about my new business that I was getting ready to build. And I knew we had the enjoyment of the Christmas holiday around the corner. We had a couple of trips planned. So I had a lot of really great distractions between my last day working corporate and the new year and my new business. And I remember sitting on the plane goal planning for the year. And I remember listing out my goals, my business goals, how many clients I wanted to serve in 2020, my revenue goal for 2020, the goal of launching this podcast. And then, of course, some of my family goals and my health goals. And I listed my strategies and closed my laptop and went and enjoyed the new year in Vegas with my family. It was that very first week in January. I learned really quickly the importance of having a bounce back plan. There was a day that first week I was ready to work. I was ready to get new clients. I was ready to serve my clients and meetings started to cancel. People I thought I would have a chance to coach said no. And even a friend needed to postpone a call that I was so desperately looking forward to. I remember sitting in my kitchen in downtown Los Angeles and I could feel this wave of negativity starting to come crashing down on me. And it was in that moment where I had all this doubt and I questioned, why did I walk away from my career? And can I actually do this? And what am I going to do? And how am I going to make money? And all of these crazy stories and self-doubt started to come into my mind. And I decided to go work out. For me, getting in a good workout is usually a great go-to to change my energy, change my thoughts. So I went for a workout. I listened to some great music. I came back from that workout. I sat down at my laptop and I set 
a prospecting meeting. And without even intending on it, I created what I call the bounce back plan. A bounce back plan is something I think we all need as goal achievers, as entrepreneurs, as individuals that are growing businesses. There are going to be so many days ahead that are filled with disappointment, that are filled with anxiety, that are filled with fear. And if we don't have a plan to combat those negative emotions, we might get derailed and we might not achieve our goals. So bounce back plan is super simple, two steps. Step number one, engage in some kind of an activity that makes you feel fantastic. For me, that's working out, that's listening to my favorite song, that could be calling one of the supportive women in my tribe, but engage in some kind of an activity that makes you feel great. Number two, take action in the opposite direction of the story that you are telling yourself. At that time on that day in January, I was telling myself all kinds of negative stories about building my business and if I could do it and if I could be successful. So I took one small action by setting a prospecting meeting because I knew that if I could get some new referrals, have some new potential clients to reach out to, it would change the trajectory of my business. And it did. So that bounce back plan, two simple steps, engage in an activity that makes you feel great and take action. It can be small. Take action in the opposite direction of the story you are telling yourself. Lesson number nine is the power of following up. One of the most noted lessons and also most noted wins throughout my journals centered around following up. And I don't know about you, but there are still days, even after doing this now for a year, where I get a little anxious or nervous about following up. And I question myself, well, should I send another email? I don't want to be bothersome. If they really wanted this coaching program or service, would they have emailed me back? And it's all that mindset chatter that we need to minimize. So I learned throughout this year that I needed a way to be less emotional with my follow-ups and more habitual with my follow-ups. I now go into business development with the mindset, I need to plan to follow up. If I really want to work with a particular client or if I really want to get a particular project, I might need to do some work for it. I think we need to remember anytime we outreach to people, silence isn't necessarily a no. Everyone has their own agenda, their own priorities, their own task, their calendars. So they might get our email or receive our phone call and have every intention of learning more about what we have to offer, but our timing might be off. We might need to stay with it I really learned that the power of following up has nothing to do with me and I need to minimize my assumptions and give myself more than one chance at connecting with someone. I also learned from my coach, Nicole, an ABC response format. And when she taught this to me, I thought, wow, this is brilliant. So often I'll receive outreach and I'm not quite sure 
what to say to follow up. Some of you might be listening to this and think, yeah, I do remember receiving an A, B, or C email from Kristen. But the point is you outline A is yes, let's work together. B, this is interesting. I'm sure it's gonna be awesome. The timing is not right. Let's follow up at a future date. And C is, I'm intrigued, but I have some more questions. By outlining this A, B, or C response formula, we make it so much easier on people to give us an answer. I know not everyone is going to say yes. I know I'm going to hear a lot of no's, but getting answers helps minimize some of the negative stories we start to tell ourselves. Lesson number eight is how to grow a business during a pandemic. On March 13th, I noted as one of my wins that Joe, my husband, prepared us for coronavirus. There was absolutely no way we could prepare for the reality that we are all still facing. I think I went into the start of this pandemic thinking, okay, we'll quarantine for a couple of weeks. This is going to be challenging and then life will get back to normal. And as I sit here and I'm recording this podcast in December, life as we know it is nowhere near normal. In fact, we might have started to establish new normals. We're working differently. We're socializing differently. We're certainly thinking differently. I know that this pandemic has negatively impacted so many people and their lives are forever changed. And so it's definitely been a time where I've been encouraged to think differently. And I go back to the start of this pandemic and I remember asking my husband, am I a terrible person if I focus on business development during this time? At the start of this pandemic, it was very scary. Everything was very uncertain. I didn't want to come across as insensitive if I reached out to people during the unprecedented time. But I am so grateful that Joe responded, no, you're in your first year of running a business. You have to build your business. And that's exactly what I did. I put my head down and I went to work. I changed a lot of my habits in my first couple months of being an entrepreneur. I slept in. I took some afternoon yoga classes. I was living the good life, but I wasn't getting the results that I wanted or the results that I needed for my family. So in a way, I'm very grateful for the way that the quarantine forced me to change some of my habits and some of my beliefs. And I created and generated a lot of activity to grow my business in March and in April. I also remember a quote that was floating around the internet, and I'm going to paraphrase it. I don't have it here in front of me, but the quote centered around, if you don't come out of quarantine with a new skill or a new habit, then you've been lacking discipline all along. And that hit me like a ton of bricks because yes, the time was not positive. It was scary. It was a change for all of us. But I thought, wow, 
that person is absolutely correct. Here I have a completely blank slate on how to spend my time, what to do with my time, and what am I going to do with it. So I enrolled in the Science of Wellbeing course, which was a free course offered on a platform called Coursera. And it's a course that is taught at Yale. And I loved it. I had a course to work through for about 10 weeks. And I learned a lot about being happy and how it's often our experiences that can create our happiness. It helped me get more connected to meditation, continue my practice of gratitude. It was a very welcomed distraction that helped me grow personally and professionally. I also focused on adding more blog posts. I wanted to make sure I was putting out content that could help people think differently. I know that if I was feeling fearful during this pandemic, and I've done a ton of growth and development work, I thought about all the people who haven't had the opportunity to do as much growth and development work. I got really serious with my blog writing and put out a bunch of posts during that time. I also had to be aware of what I was consuming from a media and social media perspective. And in order for me to grow my business during those early months of the pandemic, I needed to minimize a lot of negativity. And I know everyone expresses what they were going through in different ways, but I found I felt worse after scrolling through Facebook and I wasn't feeling energized. I was feeling more fear. And so I worked really hard to minimize a lot of those distractions so I could keep my head focused on my most meaningful goal for the year. And the last thing I'll mention, and I think that this has been a pretty common conversation with a lot of business owners, is I needed to pivot in some areas. I went into the year with a goal to do five speaking gigs. I envisioned companies hiring me to come in and speak about goals or speak about an achievement mindset. And clearly in March was no longer going to be the case. And so thankfully, I bought Zoom, as I'm sure many of you did. And I was able to pivot instead of showing up in person I created some content and I was able to achieve the goal of five speaking gigs virtually. So the big lesson I'm taking out of growing my business during the pandemic is that we need to stay connected to our most meaningful goal. We need to make sure we have strategies in place to keep our mindset strong. And we really need to be aware of the outside influences that we are allowing to impact our thoughts, our beliefs, and our emotions. Which leads me to lesson number seven, stop the storytelling. I don't know about you, but if I don't have all the details or if I don't have an answer, I'll start to create stories in my mind. And the stories I create are often negative. I don't usually create these super positive stories where things have gone better than expected. I often go really dark, really fast on the negative side of my storytelling. So I needed to learn how to rewrite these negative mental narratives. And that for me showed up in the way of making less assumptions 
I've learned to pause when I start creating these stories in my mind and have a conversation, ask more open-ended questions. I learned from a podcast earlier this year that anxiety and excitement are the same emotion. So that's interesting. Sometimes some of the stories that we tell ourselves, again, going to the negative, might really be our mind's way of being really excited. So this year, I learned for me that there are two ways that I create stories. One, I ruminate. I replay situations from the past. I rehash stories from the past. And I often overblame myself which can evoke feelings of shame or disappointment and frustration. And it's really hard to focus on pursuing your goals when you are stuck in that space of reliving the past. Or I will focus too much on the future. And I think a lot of what-if scenarios. What if this happens? Well, what if they think this? It's all these what-if, worst-case scenarios in the future that can create a lot of anxiety. So if you are like me and you find yourself doing some of this negative storytelling, here are some power questions I can offer you to help rewrite negative mental narratives. If you find yourself thinking too much in the past, I offer the question, what proof do you have that the story you are telling yourself is true? Often, we don't have proof that the story we are telling ourselves is true. It's kind of made up. Maybe we don't have all the facts. The other question is what I am thinking right now moving me closer to my goals or further away from my goals? Because let's be honest, maybe you do have proof. Maybe you have a situation that backs up that story. Well, then pausing and saying, hey, is what I'm thinking getting me to where I want to go? It gives you some of that power back in your thought process. If you find yourself spending too much time thinking in the future, I'm gonna encourage you to play with your fear. Give yourself the space to go down that dark road of what is the worst that can happen. What is the worst possible situation or scenario you can imagine happening? What is so bad about that? Well, what happens then? What's bad about that? Play with that question and go through multiple layers to explore what the real root of the fear is. Then flip the script. Instead of just thinking about all of the negative or worst case scenarios, ask yourself, what is the best that can happen? What's the best outcome? What's great about that? And if you spend time looking at both the worst and the best, you might find you want all of the things that could be the best outcome. And it's actually more fearful to not take action. And that leads us to lesson number six, which is working through fear. My favorite acronym for fear is false expectations appearing real. We all have fear. Some of us fear failure. Some of us fear success. And so it's important to recognize that fear is going to show up. I don't know of anyone who is incredibly successful or made a massive impact who didn't have to learn how to work 
through fear. And the way we work through fear is taking action. Action is our antidote to fear. So if you are finding yourself so wrapped up with fear, go back to those questions I just shared with you. Journal your thoughts, uncover what it is that you're really afraid of. And then what I've learned this year is all the fear that I have, it's often never as bad as I really imagined. So when I do find that courage to take action, when I'm on the other side of all of those thoughts of fear, it ends up not being that bad. Sometimes it's pretty good. Learning how to work through fear is so critical on your goal achievement journey. And I think one way you can start to work through fear is to break what it is that you are afraid of down into smaller steps. For me, that was this podcast. When I thought about a podcast, I was super scared of launching a podcast. I didn't really know what I was doing, but I was able to break it down into smaller steps. A lot of times, my small steps start with learning. I'll listen to a podcast or I'll watch a YouTube video. Have you noticed that everything you want to learn pretty much exists on the internet today? So Google can really be your best friend if you're learning how to work through fear. Start researching and learning about what it is that you're afraid of for that first step. Now, here's the caveat. We can get stuck in that learning stage. And we can stay stuck in that learning stage and wait until we're perfectly ready to take action. And about 80% is good enough. That's another thing my coach has taught me this year that's helped me work through fear is getting an idea or a program to about 80% is good enough because as you're taking action, you're going to fill in that next 20%. So working through fear, you can break things down into steps. Step one might be learn or research the program or platform. Step two, plan out the content. Step three, write out the outline for the first episode. So you can start to break down things like podcasting into these smaller steps that help you take action. And each time you take a step, you're going to feel less fear because as I mentioned, action is the antidote to fear. All right, here we go. Halfway through, number five is to repurpose or repackage content. I think I went into this year believing that I needed to constantly create new content or new messages. And here's what I've learned. Sometimes we need to hear the same thing multiple times for us to learn or for us to implement. So a little bit of repetition is not always a bad thing. It helps reinforce a concept. Concepts I have worked on reinforcing this year are the Friday ritual, where every week you are writing down your weekly wins, your lessons learned, identify your priorities for next week. I've also focused on promoting progress, not perfection. I've focused on 
the power of reflecting and planning. We can repurpose or repackage a lot of our messages to make a bigger impact. I think we can also take a look at a lot of our services we've created. And if we don't get the lift or the result from something we've created, it doesn't mean we need to start all over. One of the programs that I went into this year offering was a small group coaching program for women in financial services. I've been able to take that program and the lessons and repackage into a different development program for new advisors in financial services. I learned that the content I was offering in that women's small group is really helpful to both men and women as they are launching their financial planning practices. So it might be an opportunity for you as you're in business planning at the end of this year to look at everything you're offering and look for different ways to repurpose that content. Another thing that has been wildly helpful As I've grown my team and I'm partnering with a copywriter and social media manager, as I'm learning the content I'm sharing in my podcast can become a blog. It can also become an email. It can also be used for social. So stopping this cycle I was in at the beginning of the year of constantly creating new content has been incredibly freeing. Lesson number four is the power of planning. I can talk a lot about planning, but I want to highlight a couple of key takeaways that came from my reflections this year. Schedule what is important. If we keep waiting for the right time, the right time often does not come. So if you want to really make progress on your goal? Do you have time to work on your goal every single week in your calendar? I also had to learn with my planning, I needed to test out different days for different tasks. I went into the beginning of the week thinking Monday would be the best day for business development. And I didn't do it. I realized the way that I work, I need Monday to ease back into my week. I am in a client servicing business. I pour a ton of energy into my clients and I need Monday to enjoy a cup of coffee, have a great run, write in my gratitude journal, read. I need to give myself that space for that full morning routine to ease into the week so I am energized and ready to serve my clients. So I moved business development off of Monday. It wasn't working for me I moved it to a day in the middle of the week when my energy is high, I'm coming off of great coaching calls and I'm ready to focus on growing my business. I also plan playing golf with my husband on Fridays and that might be another lesson itself, but I learned this year that I love golf. At the beginning of this year, I never would have gone out on the golf course or even had the courage to try But again, with the pandemic, it was one of the activities that opened up and I thought, why not try it? And turns out, I really love it. So I plan on my calendar to play golf with my husband. It's on there so we can carve out that time to work on our relationship and enjoy an activity together. 
I plan what books I'm going to read in advance. I am much better at reading books if I have a stack of books I want to read sitting next to me. And when I finish one, I grab the next one. I plan my workouts. I know when I go to bed what workout I am doing the next morning and I lay out my workout clothes. All of this planning creates so much intentionality. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to remove any distractions or any of the decision-making that could keep me from reaching my goal. Lesson number three is the power of perspective. What I thought would be difficult at first was not as challenging once I started. I would build tasks or initiatives up in my mind and they would seem so monumental and not achievable. Over time, as I continued to take action, I minimized the fear and the task became easier with consistency and routine. I encourage you to lean into what feels difficult and challenging. A ton of growth and opportunity might be on the other side. In order to gain the courage to lean into these tasks, I recommend what I shared in lesson six. Break the monumental task down into smaller steps. The power of accountability and enlisting a trusted and supportive accountability partner can motivate you to take further action. All right, top two. Number two, I have learned the difference between believed and actual expectations. There were so many times this year where I felt overwhelmed. And I had to ask myself, am I overwhelmed because this is an actual deadline? This is actually due on this date? Or am I creating that feeling of overwhelmed because of the expectations I have for when something should be completed. And so I've been working very intentionally on prioritizing. I'm looking ahead at the calendar. What is actually due? What actually needs to get done? What are some of the things that can be done on different dates at different times? And this is going to continue to be a habit and an exercise that I work on in the new year. Number one, the power of intentional goal setting, and reflecting. Between Friday Ritual, monthly month-end reviews, and quarterly business goal reviews, I was always aware of the progress I was making towards my most meaningful goal. And to be honest, some of those review sessions were painful. At the end of Q1, I was only 10% of the way towards my yearly revenue goal. This was not the fast start I was hoping for in 2020. I was bringing in the revenue I needed to bring in in one month over the course of three months. So I was wildly behind on my revenue goals and I realized I had to make some massive changes if I was going to hit my goals. These review sessions have become fantastic reality checks for me. And they're also a really great way to remind myself of the progress that I'm making towards my goals. So at the end of Q1, I had a choice to make. I had a choice 
to change my habits, beliefs, and processes so I could work in the direction of my goals or the choice to keep doing what I was doing. Before the pandemic, I was taking yoga classes in the afternoon. I was living the good non-corporate life. And while that was fun, those were not the decisions I needed to make to achieve my goals. So I'm still running strong for these last couple weeks of the year. But if everything that I have planned out falls into place, I should actually exceed my 2020 revenue goal. And it sounds crazy to say that because I set my revenue goal at 66% more than my best earning year ever in my corporate role. And I'm sharing this with you today, not to be braggadocious, but as a goal achievement coach, I think it's super important that I achieve my own goals. The strategies and the practices that I share and promote with you are the same ones that I leverage in my own business. And if you take one thing out of this podcast today, I hope it's that you block time on your calendar for a month-in goal review and a quarterly review. Doing these reviews will not always be fun. Tracking your data, making note of why you're off pace, these are not super fun things to do, but they are incredible incredibly, incredibly powerful. So when you go into these review sessions, I highly encourage you to not judge where you're at and not beat yourself up, but rather ask yourself, how can I or what can I do? Our language is powerful. Our language creates our reality. I have been very intentional throughout the year during these review sessions, and I would identify a couple of priorities at the end of every month and at the end of every quarter to make the changes I needed to make in the direction of my goals. I'm also going to encourage you to pay attention. I'm going to encourage you to pay attention to your inner voice during these review sessions. I did not need to look outside myself for creative ideas. I did not need to research creative ideas. I knew in my heart of my hearts what I needed to do. I knew what activities would lead to goal achievement. I needed to make sure I leaned into that inner voice and did the simple activities that required courage. I hope you've enjoyed taking a look back at my first year in business. And it's my hope that these 10 lessons I shared with you can help you on your own goal achievement journeys. I'm giving you a gift this holiday season with a bonus episode. We are releasing a goal setting episode on December 28th, just in time for you to set your new year goals and intentions. During this episode, I will be sharing the goal-setting strategies I use for my business and the strategies I work through with my clients. If you are not already on my email list, I highly encourage you to head to my website, kristenburke.com, and you'll notice a pop-up box that appears on my homepage. You'll have an option to receive a breakout plan if you sign up for my email list. And this plan is going to help you set yourself up for success in 2021. 
I will be emailing additional goal-setting tips to help you reflect on your 2020 and set yourself up for success in 2021. Until next time, goal achievers, keep celebrating your weekly wins, noting your lessons learned, and outlining your priorities for next week. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are feeling inspired and want to join the Goal Achievers community, visit my website to sign up and get connected. We can also connect socially on Instagram. Follow me at Meet Kristen Burke. Links are in the show notes. Don't forget to rate, review, and share this show. Until next time, Goal Achievers, keep progressing towards your goals and celebrate those weekly wins.